Talk Zone presents Two Guys and a Mic, your mid-morning break sports talk show. It's a passionate yet lighthearted look at the world of sports, featuring the coach, John Cohn, and the big dog, Joel Radwanski. They'll recap the games from yesterday, look ahead to the matchups tonight, and cover a lot more in between. Now, Two Guys and a Mic on TalkZone.com. Welcome, two guys at a mic show, talkzone.com indeed. Thank you very much, Mr. Announcer Man, the coach, and the big dog with you right up until 11 o'clock. Beautiful Wednesday here in the fine city of Chicago, month of September, coming to a close. And uh, we should say, David Olson, a happy Yom Kippur. The Day of Atonement for our Jewish brethren out there, which theoretically I should be atoning today. Emphasis on theoretically very much. Uh, 888-463-6748, the phone number. we got all that to talk about. We're going to sneak in a couple of off-the-sports-page stories as well. Coach and a big dog with you up until 11 o'clock. A little bit of music, and then we will get this particular Wednesday show off and running. Without further, Joseph Adu, let me welcome in my co-partner. Check it in via the telecommunicative phone lines out in Aurora slash Chicago. We don't never know exactly where he's calling from. A man who really does not have many weak points or many social misnomers, but the ones he have, David Olson, you got to admit, Joel makes the most of them. <laughs> the big dog, Joel Redwanski, check it in. Big dog, how are you? Uh, I'm doing all right, Coach. I like it's, that introduction. Uh, a man a man who doesn't have many weak points, but the ones he has, he makes the best use of them. I, I try to emphasize my strengths, not my weaknesses. I, I, well, and you got a lot of strengths, my friend, a lot of strengths, no question about it. Uh, uh, now, we do have to pick up a little. Uh, I know it's typically we have residue Tuesday, not residue Wednesday, but there's a lot of slosh. There's a lot of muckage. We need to pick up from yesterday's show. We got to clean some things up at the start of the show on the uh, Packers Seattle game and the whole fiasco there. So we'll get into that. Uh, baseball still got that one ticket for the White Sox game. Now you going tonight, dog? Um, I, I have every intention of, of going tonight. Other things may have thrown a, a kink into my plans. I All will right. see. All right, we have not filled ticket number four, so the uh, invitation is still open for tomorrow's game seven. 10 versus the Tampa Bay Devil Ray, but uh, we are official. What do we got? One week left, Big Dog? That would be right because there's games all the way till next Wednesday, so there's eight days of baseball mm-hmm. left. All right, and you know things are getting clutched, David Olson. I read in the paper today where the White Sox are readjusting their pitching. They were going to give Chris Sale that fifth day arrest, the young pitcher. They're not shutting him down like Strasburg, but they're watching him. But Big Dog, what they've done now is that they're going to go back to the regular four days, start them on Saturday, and the reason is if the Tigers and Sox end out in a tie, they've already figured out what the fourth or fifth day arrest Chris Sale could be their starter for that game. That's when you know things are getting to crunch time. Uh, thank goodness, because uh, I'm in a fantasy baseball league, and I have Chris Sale. And by the way, I have had the most dominant team ever in the history of fantasy league baseball. But the really? Problem is- I know nobody cares, What? that's good to know about Chris Sale. What round did you draft Justin Germano with the Chicago Cubs? I did not draft <laughs> him yet, believe that or not. 
but I, I took Chris Sale. People thought I was crazy. Look at me now. My pitching staff is unbelievable. Do you know who Chris Medlin is, Coach? Oh, my goodness. I have my. him, too. Twenty. I, they won again yesterday. I don't think Medlin got the victory. So David Olsen, are you aware of this one? 22 consecutive starts. Now, he hasn't won all 22, but the Braves have won every game 22 in a row that young Chris Medlin has started. That's pretty damn impressive. I know my my friends. They just they basically gave up, but I still have a chance to lose in the championship game. I have Clayton Kershaw uh, and Justin Verlander. I had Steven Strasburg. Let him go. It was a CC Sabathia, David Price. These are my pitchers, coach. How did you? What kind of fantasy uh, league are you in that you're able I, to get? With the, I, all I did was draft pitchers, and they were like, "Oh, all you don't have any offense." And all I've done throughout the year is just change my offense every single week. Mm-hmm. And at this point, I have the best offense. So there, it's just it's hilarious how they were like, "Oh, we have no chance to win." And all of a sudden, some girl who hasn't changed her lineup all season, I'm in the finals against. She still hasn't changed it, and she's beating me at this point. Even though I have Chris Medlin, Chris Sale, <laughs> all those guys, and and now I'm getting. Talk from everybody else in the league, they're rooting for the girl who hasn't changed their lineup all year to beat me. Who's your so, top? Is your top hitter Chicago Cub third baseman Luis Valbueno? No, when I tell you my top hitter is, you're going to think I'm lying, but it's Miguel Cabrera. Never heard him. Okay, what team does uh, he play for? Well, that's that's the thing. Is I'm sitting <laughs> here, I got money on the line. Not much. I'll end up winning about a hundred and twenty dollars. But it's just funny. It's the girl who hasn't changed her lineup all year, lucked in to get in the championship, and now <laughs> she has. Like a couple guys that have hit double home, like two home runs uh, already. That's like, brutal. and I'm like, I need this 120 bucks. I didn't work last weekend. Brutal. So that's that's the type of girl that you know the March Madness office mm-hmm. pool. The one who knows, you know, she pulls out of that. Is is Duke a good team? You know. Meanwhile, you're stuck with South Alabama State out of the Southern Conference. Coach, I cannot believe you said that because. Two days ago, when I, I was like, this girl is going to end up beating me because she hasn't changed her lineup, mm-hmm. somebody was like, dude, don't worry. She's won uh, the NCAA brackets twice. We already know she's going to win. <laughs> well, so it brings this girl to, has won it, the NCAA tournament before. It, this is exactly the girl. She's the office girl. Okay, I'll be in your baseball tournament. What is, oh, it's it's 25 bucks to get in. That's a great idea. And she hasn't played all year. Ugh. I know I'm going to lose this girl, Coach. I know, and I have the best team I've ever had in any fantasy league ever. You know, you know what this girl is reminding me of, and someone I, I feel bad that we haven't pursued her this year. In our Beat the Smalls football picks, we, of course, used to use the beautiful, the lovely, and the sometimes talented Paradise. Literally spinning a Paradise to make the picks, Big Dog. We haven't done that this year, but that's kind of the same basic concept. That may have been the worst. Two three minutes in our radio shows every single week during. I, I you can't. I used to cringe during that. Well, yeah, you're right. Yeah, we didn't pull it off well. I agree with you. The concept is very good. The concept is good, but you're right. We we if we're gonna do it again, we need to uh, spruce it up, shall we say, for the radio. We we actually need to have instead of acting like she's a hot chick and rolling her, we need to actually have a hot chick roll the paradigm. There you go. That's the kind of, I don't know how well that'll work over radio, but that's the right idea. Here's the point is we actually have cameras in there now. Yep. It is a live all, webcast. All you need to do is just get somebody with a real tight blouse, turn the temperature down in there, and all of a sudden every guy in the world is interested in if uh, they roll a four or a three. <laughs> oh, the beautiful, the lovely paradise. By the way, speaking in the studio, we never quite gave him his kudos, but uh, Tank, 
Lamar or Leland corner, of, and he doesn't even like Leland. to be called. He doesn't like to be. He just wants to be coach. It's tank. Like who the hell am I going to argue with him? But what a great! It was great to see him in Studio Friday, Big Dog, and what a just a pure nice guy Tank turned out to be. Yeah, isn't that isn't that hilarious? This is the guy that basically created fear among every single teenage boy that wanted to put on a pair of shoulder pads yep. in the late 1980s in Illinois high school football, and he ends up being like this cuddly bear when you get him on talking about. Like when when he talked about his high school days, he was talking about his teammates and how. He would try to help them out and do whatever it takes to win and all that stuff. And uh, it's just funny because we we saw him as the devil mm-hmm. during the two different years that we had to play him. I yeah. mean, le- legitimately, like I would stay up at night and like and like draw pictures of tanks and have them mm-hmm. blow up and stuff. I'm yeah, not he's, kidding. He's gone uh, through I was, some. Like, I was intent on ending that dude's life during, and then now I now I love the guy. I, I would love you know to have any of my kids. Or kids that I coach uh, have Tank come and talk to them because there's a guy who's been there. He's done that. He's gone through some rough times. He's made some mistakes. But now as a 17-year uh, uh, member of the faculty slash security guard at Oak Park River Forest, he mentors. He's not a coach, but he mentors a lot of these kids. And just some of the things he said both on air and off, Big Dog, he would be a tremendous quiet. He's not one of these, you know, yeller, screamer guy, but quiet, solid positive influence out of that a lot of the young athletes out there today you know what i really do think tank would be a lot better mentor than a coach that's why the, he, the that's, reason why is because yeah. everybody's going to respect him for how dominant he was on on the field and as long as he stays at oak park everybody's gonna be yeah that was the greatest football player to ever walk through these high schools uh so he'll have that i think it would be difficult for him to coach because it football was so easy for him that I, I, what's what's he gonna do? Just oh, okay, Mister Running Back. What you gotta do is you gotta get your hips low, be a little elusive, and then run right through this. Mm-hmm. I mean, and, uh, he, he can't teach somebody. It'd be like Walter Payton trying to coach somebody or Michael Jordan. It just didn't seem to work out. He was so physically gifted compared to everybody else. I don't mm-hmm. think he. You're right. He's better as a mentor. Mm-hmm. Like, hey, I did this wrong in my life. I did this right. Maybe you should think about yep. making better choices and stuff like that. Yeah, it was great to have him in studio. We're hoping. Uh that we'll get him back, Tank, on Friday's show. You can catch up on any of our shows, by the way, by going to the website, which is what, David? Two Guys Mike? I get so confused. Two Guys Mike. Or you can go to TalkZone.com and punch in the two guys in a mic. And all the shows, all the shows, if you miss a little big dog, you miss a little coach, you need a you know, a little pick-me-up at uh, 3 o'clock in the morning, you can't get to sleep anytime. 24-7, the archives are up there if you want to catch Tank in studio. And we have it via live webcast, right, uh, David? Pictures up? Yep, we got the video of that episode, yeah. too. You did so. a very good job, by the way, of picking up the uh, picture of Big Doug and Tank and then occasionally flashing me in there. Although I don't know how you superimpose the shirtless look on me. I don't know how you were able to do that. But I, and, uh, I, I think magic. my my uh, the highlight of the whole uh, uh, conversation to me was when Mama Tank said, <laughs> and that other guy saying he's five foot one. <laughs> <laughs> my highlight, my highlight was you calling her Mama Tank. Oh, that was good stuff. That, that was, was good. good that was solid. I, I, I am not kidding. I, I swear <laughs> to you, I I will put my whole entire reputation on this. You know, sometimes I, I remember stuff a little bit fuzzy. But when we got our scouting report, 
which we, which is I can't even explain to you. The, my high school scouting report from Coach Pete Ventrilli was more in depth than my the college scouting reports that I got at McMurray College. And I'm not making that up, but he listed Tank Corner at five foot one, two hundred and fifty pounds, Woo. which he wasn't. But that's what he listed him as on our scouting reports. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Just to emphasize the fact the guy was the shape of a bowling ball and as fast as a bullet. So uh, that's not. What did I have a little? Quote, hit him low with a smiley face? Like, yeah, fat chance? No, it was. there was a lot of Greg Williams. You know, go for the head. Manipulate <laughs> the head. <laughs> we had Greg Williams as our defensive coordinator okay. back in town. Allegedly. Court, so. allegedly. Alleg- we don't yeah, allegedly. Allegedly we had him, and yeah. allegedly he said all that. We don't want to get in the Downers Grove North. Uh, defensive staff for Coach Pete Ventrilli in trouble. Big dog and the coach with you right up until 11 o'clock. We do it every Monday through Friday, folk, five days a week. Just an hour a day. That makes five in total for the entire week. No jury due to today, big dog. I'm going day to day. I got to call in about 8 o'clock, 9 o'clock every night, find out, but three days in a row, uh, three down and seven to go. So, so far, I have not been called in by the uh, American clerical system. Thank you very much. You want me to mention your name as a reference if I do get called in? Uh, don't even get me started with this. I, I, I got to tell you, I got, <laughs> investi- I got investigated in an FBI investigation a, a few years ago. Oh, boy. And it was all because somebody ripped me off about $35,000. Okay. And what ends up happening is I get a job with uh, this whole U.S. crime stuff, U.S. customs, all this, all this different. All I know is this. I get robbed. Then I get a job with uh, the Census Bureau. I have to take some tests. If you get 14 of the 28 questions right, they basically give you a job. And you have to answer these questions in 10 minutes. Literally, I, I go take this test with about 50 other people. I'm not making this up, Coach. I swear to you. I finish in about five minutes. I hand it in. And he's like, "That's pretty fast." He comes back. He's like, "You got twenty-seven out of 28. I'm like, "Which one did I get wrong?" That I was so, like, I was mad. I was like, "There's no way I got any wrong." Like, I started laughing. He's like, "Oh, you're going to get hired." Well, I call the guy back, and he's like, "Why haven't you called me back?" And he's like, "You're under investigation by the FBI. We can't hire you." I'm like, "Get the hell out of here." Well, they, I, I end up searching out. When I got robbed of this. Well, the FBI investigates everybody that gets, like, victimized. And because I was victimized, they investigated me. Because I was investigated, the U.S. Census Bureau were not giving me a job. So don't even bring up the whole U.S. Uh, uh, court system. The whole uh-huh. – it's so jacked up, I can't even explain. If I so, get yes, to... yes, you're, you're, you're going to end up – and on the 10th day, after you call for 10 days, they're finally going to bring you in. Yeah. What's going to happen? I, I thought about that. And then, and then I'll get picked for a jury and have to serve for another four weeks. Exactly. So this is instead of being like a one day or two day nuisance, mm-hmm. it's going to end up being a six week nuisance yep. for you. Yep. False hope. That's what I'm getting. But anyhow, I'm living day to day right now. Living day to day, but we're back at you here, uh, and hopefully uh, here tomorrow and for the football Friday on Friday's show. Don't forget, we'll play a little beat the schmoes, which uh, all the schmoes have to see if we can get a little bit, little better in our football picks. Now, speaking of football, big dog. Speaking of football, we got to go pick up a little of the, the slockage, the muckage. The, the wreck that was uh, the Packers-Seattle game and all the hysteria afterwards. Uh, I'm agreeing with assistant producer Randy Myers, by the way. I had a nice nice level-headed discussion with Mr. Myers. And, uh, you know, about 10 minutes before the show at A, we both agreed way, way, way too much hysteria on this game. Not that it wasn't big, but way too much hysteria in that last call. B, and, and other people have agreed with me here that, that you were – well, I won't say incorrect because you have your opinion. 
but the the way you made it sound on the show that that pass interference, no question, should have been called. Period. Most the people, big dog, most people, I hate to tell you, agreed that it was an in between and probably not quite enough to oh, call. But, but the mean, NFL, I, the I, NFL I, 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 said I, I, it. I, I, the NFL I, I did say. Argue this. I am not going to argue. It's whoever you asked is a freaking moron. Well, there you go. Period. They don't well, know big dog, you can't, football. You can't if call. You, I'm, if you really are going to debate whether or not that was offensive pass yes. interference. I am done with the show. I'm not even going to talk. No, 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 no. We're going to debate whether it should have been called. And the people I talked to are all football guys. So No, they're not. Yeah, well, <laughs> they think that it's okay dog. to push somebody in the back to the ground. You've got your opinion. We've got ours. It doesn't make you <laughs> absolutely. Those people are wrong. You well, are wrong. Those people are wrong. I've been okay, watching football for 52 your... years, and I think you're wrong. I think it was okay, close. So it's okay to push someone to the ground. It was not. Like it was close, but not, not enough to call. To, first of all, anybody out there that agrees with Coach, the rule for pass interference is if you even touch someone, it's pass interference. We all know what the rule is. No, you, obviously you don't. Yeah, you we do. the man to the ground. No, we know what the rule is. We're just uh, smart enough to use oh judgment on it. Oh, my God. You're smart I'm enough. just You're telling you, big dog. You, you made I it out. Push the guy to the, on the ground. You Coach, made you it out yesterday. Down. You made it out like I was completely off my rocker. Yeah, and I'm are, coming back and I'm are. telling you. And anybody who I can't, I'm done. I'm done. I'm most I gotta people. Go. I, cannot, I cannot argue this point with you. If you don't we'll think move on to the next point. You we'll, don't know anything about football. Well, that's. Zero, if they, if you don't think that's offensive pass interference. That most people, most people most, that know most, football, most. Most people Tariq, agree. Mike Tirico, John Gruden, whoever else is in the booth, were like sort of three guys yeah. that know a lot more about football than me, you, mm-hmm. or anybody that agreed with you. Were like that was the most blatant offensive pass well, interference. That that's ever not seen. the reaction afterwards. And and David, David the, the statement from the NFL. We know what the statement is. Go ahead. While the ball is in the air. Golden yeah, Tate can yeah. be seen shoving yeah, Green Bay cornerback yeah, yeah, Sam yeah, Shields yeah, to the yeah. ground. This should have been a penalty for yes. offensive pass interference, yes. which would have ended the game. Yes. It was not called and is not re- reviewable right. we know. in instant replay. Right. We know what the so NFL there, said. The NFL, okay, Coach, so you and your friends are wrong. Admit no. it. The NFL <laughs> just admit they blew the call. They just admitted they There's blew the call. Big dog, we all know, oh, like you've never disagreed with the technical ruling of uh, any particular uh, law-abiding body. Coach, this isn't, uh, you know what, there are, there are ways. All I'm just, big, is, big dog, you uh, can talk. For years, for years we've argued when the right when you call the right call and when you that don't call. That is correct. That just proves to me that you don't know what the hell you are talking about in yeah. all those Well, arguments. my point is, it's not just me. My point is, and you can't, and you, you wait a minute, let me finish. You, you can't. People that don't know anything about football if they don't think that was passed. You cannot parents. deny the fact that of, uh, you know, 500 knowledgeable football fans out there, 50 to 60%, I would argue up to 75, but let's call it 50%. It's mixed whether that call should have been made. I said football, so, so, knowledgeable no, 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 people. Not knowledgeable. Not, not, well, that's your opinion, Big Dog, but they are football knowledgeable. They are anybody football. Who, no, they don't. No, they don't. <laughs> anybody who does not think that was offensive pass interference doesn't know anything about football, and I'm including you in this particular you, discussion. You have okay, your opinion, Martha, but you, you in can't. In my opinion, he pushed the man to the ground. He didn't bump him. He didn't, like, maneuver his body around That's him. That's fine. You... be called pass interference. No, he took his hands, shoved them in the back. The guy went face first into the ground. That's fine. And because of that, and be directly 
because of that, he was able to get his hands on the football. You have the right to feel that way, but what you don't have the right... Hold on a second. What you don't have the right is to tell other people that know football, the other 50% or if you want to go Romney, the other 47% that say, you know what, it was close, but I wouldn't have called it either. You can't denigrate those people's opinions. That's where I'm going to disagree. Yes, I can. Yes, I can. Well, you can, but you're wrong. There are past interferences where I could see, you know what, I understand your opinion. You can't call it that situation. When you push someone in the back to the ground in order to gain position to be able to catch the ball, it's pass interference. Right. And quit. And if you are one more word about it, I'm hanging up. All I'm right. Not now, kidding. next item related to the residue, the wreckage, the muckage of uh, Tuesday's game. And here's the point where, and I haven't listened to everything, but I've read a fair amount, and nobody is bringing this up. I'm the only one. But I'm telling you, it's the gist of the whole thing. Everybody's yelling at the replacement refs, big dog, and, you know, blowing the game, the referees, the replay confirmed it, the uh, NFL confirmed it, Randy Meyer saying, oh, you know, big deal, the NFL confirmed it, they're going to confirm No, they don't. The NFL is very, they'll, they'll be the first to admit when they make a mistake. Here's the problem. It's the rule. And I started to get to it yesterday, but, you know, again, simultaneous Contact when you hit the ground. They haven't. They need to add wordage to the simultaneous, and the wordage needs to be relatively equal. I'm not going to say perfect. 50, relatively equal possession. That ball. When I, I watched it over and over and over, as everybody else said, he does. Golden Tate has his hands on the ball when they hit the ground, but it's 85 percent Packer interception, and the guy's got his hands on the ball. That's not enough. It should be Packer intercept. The rule. According to the rule, the referees ruled it correct. So don't get mad at the replacement refs. Get mad yeah. at the rule. I'm the only one saying that. Uh, that I've heard. Okay. But I, I, I agree with everything you said. But my point is, now again, you have wrecked all your previous arguments on this. Because when Calvin Johnson did not control the ball through the catch, yeah. you freaked out over it. That's a and different... I was like, Coach, it's the rule. Don't get mad at the rule. The officials made the right call. And you freaked out. No, yes. no. You should change it on the field. Change it on the field. Yeah. Well, I don't. I don't so back down for that. You can't take both sides of the argument that, all whoa, the time. Whoa, 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 wait a minute. How do that's apples and oranges here? I completely. No, it isn't apples and oranges. It is. The fact is, you just said. You just said. Yes. The, the officials made the correct call, even though. Are we talking the interference? Because it's, because it's to the rule. Okay. Well, and when Calvin Johnson didn't finish the catch. He, the rule says he didn't finish the catch, so why is it okay for you to determine now that it's, it's, the officials did the well, right thing because they went to the rule, but when Calvin Johnson didn't finish the catch in 2010, uh, okay. years ago, right. that, that, that's my point. It's, I see where you're back going. Then you, you were all, all high and mighty. It doesn't yeah. matter. He didn't. He caught the ball. He caught the ball. Right. Make the right choice. Well, You're right. It's, okay, it's, so, it's not apples and oranges. You're right, but here, here's the point you're missing. I, I was getting mad at the people in the Packers-Seattle play that are yelling at the replacement. No, the problem I, is the I, rule. I it's a bad – no, I, I think the, the referees, in my preference, even though technically that's what the rule is, big deal, I agree with you. They should have called it Packer interception because that's realistically, football-wise, when you watch it as a football fan, that's what it was. So no, my, my they, point was get mad at the rule, not the replacement refs, because technically the two hands on the ball apparently – qualifies as simultaneous. I, I don't know what I would have done immediately because uh, let's be honest, Coach, and if you didn't see it, you've seen it enough now that hopefully you you saw what I saw yesterday. 
Yes. Now, uh, Jenkins of the Packers makes a bucket catch with his arms, like, yep. with his forearms. Yep. Don't forget that Golden Tate had his hand inside of the football, like basically where the back of his hand would have been on Jenkins' chest. Um, at okay? what point, though? You see what I'm getting at? Wait, 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 wait hold uh, on. I would when? Have to say a split second after Jenkins hits his forearms, Golden Tate's hand goes behind the football and on the second? other side of the football. So he has two hands on his football. Well, the other guy well, has hold on now. Let me, let me, arms and a chest. Hold on, let me, let me, hold on, Tio. Let me break it down here. Uh, when you say split second, Jenkins grabs it from the time he grabs it to the way down. What halfway down, three quarters, one quarter of the way down? Did Tate sneak his hands in? I would say I, I don't know about what the one quarters would, but I would say within a tenth of a second, Golden Tate's hands go on the ball after, and Jenkins is still in the air, has not hit the ground yet. So I think okay. that's, 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 that's the tricky thing, coaches. You're, you're debating that like the Packer had a lot more possession of the ball yes. than, than Golden Tate. My point is like he had his hands inside of, of Jenkins' chest. So in a way, Jenkins brought the ball mm-hmm. in Golden Tate's hands into his chest. Do you understand what I'm saying? I think it's a lot more even control than you think it okay. is. But still, even though it's technically since – Golden Tate had his hands on the ball. It's the offensive ball, no matter what. Mm-hmm. So I, I, yep. now I'm not debating whether the way to call it. I'm just letting so, you know that Jenkins, Tate's hands were definitely inside of the ball in his chest. So would you, you agree with me that a better rule, uh, just a little addendum, simultaneous and relatively equal possession? That's all I got to know. Put you know what I absolutely love about the NFL is they find that they keep on have to make addendums to the rule book. They're going to have to on this one. Yeah. To okay. clarify this. All right. They they have to clarify this. Because oh. you know how many times there's equal possessions in the middle of games and we're like, Oh, okay, we'll just deal with it. We got we got Jimmy on that call, so but when it's the last play of the game and literally the yep. decision is a win or a loss because there's I mean think of it, there's nothing else. There was no other play after this. You know, it's not like the Packers even had a kneel on the ball. What? The clock was done. Why did they make him come out for the extra point if it's a two point or a... it was it's called gambling coach. Uh-huh. And uh, just to let you know, this is no joke. This is no joke. Jacksonville and Pittsburgh. And I'm almost possible. What ended, what ended up happening is there was a, a team going to win the game in a field goal, and I'm almost possible it was the Steelers. And if whatever it was, it was a Jacksonville Steeler game, and I'm pretty sure it was Jacksonville who blocks the winning field goal attempt. A return happens for a touchdown. So what ends up happening is Jacksonville celebrates, and they run off the field. Or Pittsburgh celebrated, they blocked the kick, and they ran off the field. It was guaranteed a Pittsburgh-Jacksonville game. What ends up happening, though, <laughs> is when the touchdown is returned, the team ends up being up by four points. They were a four-and-a-half-point favorite. <laughs> they run oh, off boy. the field and never kick the extra point. That was the difference for all the gamblers. And after that, the NFL is like, you have to kick or attempt the extra point try. Huh on a touchdown on the last play of the game, no matter what happens. Interesting. And the reason why they do that also in college football is because in college football you can technically return the the, the return back for points. So they do the same thing in college football now, too. You, if you score on the last play of the game, they make you, even if no matter what, you have to kick the extra point. Mm-hmm. By the way, I heard uh, 200 and, the extra point. $250 million, is that the correct amount that was writing – at the sports books on the uh, turnover of the Seattle Packer decision? 
considering that was a Monday night game, I'm surprised it was only a quarter billion dollars bet on that game. We'll double check those numbers, but huge no, amount. No, but no, that's what I read too. I okay. actually, I have read one article on this whole situation. All these people complaining it was a catch. All these other people being stupid. I went to immediately. Oh, Vegas has a two hundred fifty million dollars swing on the game. So that was all I cared about. I could care less about of people saying it was pass interference. It wasn't all that other stuff. Packer fans were talking about how they were uh, Jimmy the whole game. How many? Literally, though, there was like 10 different calls that Packer fans could be upset about in the game. Mm-hmm. It's estimated so, 150 to $200 million. That's the, that's yeah, the estimated I'm swing. with Big Doe, though. That's surpri- Maybe that's just the sports book in Vegas. That doesn't include all the other money placed elsewhere. That's just Vegas. Just Vegas. That's just Vegas, 150 yeah. to $200. Wow. Le- that's, that, that, that's the legal money. Okay. Interesting. Now you, you, you consider the illegal money. It could be the yeah. number could be a lot, a lot bigger. I was talking to my. I've got to tell you, is I literally know fifty people that bet thousands of dollars a weekend. I don't know anybody who goes to Vegas and gambles on sports. Mm-hmm. If you see what I'm saying? So you, yeah, you could probably times that number by like twenty. Yes, exactly. Wow. Seriously, that's what I'm saying. By the way, I was talking to my uh, college roommate uh, Peoria Kent, occasional listener to the program via the. Uh, two guys in a Mike website. Um, he said that uh, for three, four years in a row, he and his buddies would go out to Vegas opening day of March Madness, and they wouldn't gamble that much. He said it, it was just great to sit back, have some cocktails, and watch the seat at the sports book on the opening day of the March Madness trip when they got what like sixteen games going on. He said exactly. it's one of the he said it's one of the funniest things you'd ever want to see. You got that's the, one of the best days of sports. You yeah. got four elimination games yeah. going on at four different times throughout the day. Have you been there? No, I, I like I like I will remind you once again. I've never been to Las Vegas. Wow, David Olson, I, we need All to I do a sports gamble coach, and I don't have any problem. We need to get the big dog. Are you up for if we find a way? Are we up? Are you up for going to Vegas? We, you, whatever, I'm sticking to this discussion. We well, have it once a month. Hey, okay, we're going to take you to Vegas. For your 40th birthday, we're going to take you you're going to Vegas. It's, I, I, I hear this. I'm, I don't want to listen to it. Like, right, I don't want to well, hear any more about the uh, You might. You might I, I will not tease you, but as it gets a little bit nearer to fruition, because I, I haven't been to Vegas in 12 years. I got the itch, big dog. I got the scratch. Now, I'm on the live webcast here, so I can't itch or I can't scratch. But uh, I need to get to Vegas. It's a couple of days. That's all. And uh, there are fellow cohorts like Wisconsin John and a Swamp Rat. We, so, again, I won't tease you with it, but hopefully it's going to come to fruition more than just a thought. Sound good? Uh, that sounds good, Coach. Okay. All sounds right. Good. Move, move it along. 888-463-6748. We forgot to throw the phone number out. Any fans out there who uh, want to chime in, the, you know, and then we'll move on to other things here. But the Packers-Seattle game, a little residue is still sticking around from Monday night. 888-463-6748. Dog, do you have any? I know you got some inside sources, people in the know. As far as the referee strike, any movement? Is this going to hurry things along, or do you see it lingering for a while longer? You, you know, it's funny, as coaches. You're exactly right about this uproar about the replacement officials, and they deserve, uh, like, all the bad calls that have happened, yes, they deserve scrutiny and they deserve all this. But it's funny is this the Packer Seahawks game has been like the peak of we can't do it anymore when you're exactly right, they made the right call. It's funny is that finally people are fed up 
and they're calling for the heads of these referees when they made the right call on the actual uh, on the actual touchdown. Now, of course, they missed a bunch of calls for that. And yes, we do need the the officials back. But uh, will it make a, a difference this past week? I, I think it is because fans are so upset. You know, you know what's funny is when fans like boycotted going to the replacement games in 1987. Mm-hmm. You know that made a big difference. People are not willing to give up their tickets and quit watching the games uh, just because replacement officials are there. So there's really nothing the fans can do. Mm-hmm. Yes, the fans could boycott the game, but I really are fans going to boycott these games, not go yep. after they spent one hundred, two hundred, five hundred thousand dollars on on face value football tickets to an NFL game. It's, you know, so they're not going to boycott. The only thing we can do is literally bitch as fans that the game is unwatchable. If you're keeping track on strikes, by the way, if you're keeping track at home with your little dry erase chalkboard, Chicago Public School teacher strike over the highly controversial and much maligned Chicago Symphony Orchestra strike over NHL hockey still going on, big dog NHL referees still going on. Are we missing any other critical strikes that we should have up on the dry erase scoreboard? I, I am not uh, uh, sure what's going on. I, I do understand Roseanne Barr's chef is on strike. No. Yeah. Come Personal on. Personal chef. Wow. The chef and his staff. Yeah, it's the whole staff. <laughs> there's only there's only so much time you can tenderize me. <laughs> moving right, moving right along. Thank you very much. Eight 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 four six three. 6748, the phone number, dog, and a coach at your service right up until 11 o'clock. A little bit of baseball races talk, big dog, and then we got some titillating tidbits, notes, and nonsense that we have to get to. We've already talked about the White Sox in Detroit. Tied up now. Sox lose 4-3 to three yesterday. Detroit gets a uh, tremendous pitching performance from, is it Annabelle Sanchez? Yeah, and uh, a former Florida Marlin, uh, the guy, he's, He's an up-and-down pitcher, and he was definitely up yep. yesterday. That was a dominant performance by him. All right, down to the final week. Now, the Tigers and Sox do not play anymore, correct? No, they do not. Sox finish with what, Tampa Bay, Toronto? Who do we got, Cleveland again? We should know this stuff here. They again. definitely have another uh, matchup with Cleveland. All right, okay, so Cleveland finishes out the season. They're a pain in the ass, by the way, Cleveland. Almost like the Kansas City Royals are, but we got four coming up right now, uh, starting tomorrow. We've got one more Cleveland game, and then we got Tampa Bay Thursday, Friday, and Saturday, then we close and out Sunday. with another series with the Indians. Yeah, uh, at Cleveland or home? Uh, at, I believe it's at Cleveland. Right. Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty sure it is. It's actually because they just played Cleveland at mm-hmm. home. You don't normally get a team at home like twice in a week. David, can you check who do the Tigers play this weekend and then who's their final series against? I hate playing against Cleveland when the pressure's on us, big dog, and they got nothing to lose. I almost think that's that's advantage Indians, psychologically. Mm-hmm. All right, the uh, the uh, the Tigers, have, uh, they have the Twins, and then they have the Royals. Yeah, you know what? The Royals are just like the Indians. Little thorns in the side with enough talent to beat you, so that... Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. Is it Monday? But they're Tuesday? all on the. they're all on the road. They play. Uh, they play at Minnesota, and then they play at Kansas City. Are the games Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, or Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday? It's Wednesday. Wednesday's the last day of the baseball okay. season. Okay. So Thursday, next uh, a week from tomorrow, would be the potential playoff game of the Tiger and the Sox. Yes. Do we know who gets home field? 
I didn't pay attention to the coin flips this year. So, the coin flips this year took like seven days because there's so many extra multiples with the two wild card teams. <laughs> I'm not kidding. It's crazy with all the coin flips yeah. that had to go on. Yeah. Baseball administrators flown out to Hawaii for a four-day weekend to go over the coin flip, huh? Yeah, exactly. Not a a bad gig if you can get it. All right, there's more than Sox in Detroit going on, though, big dog. You got, let's go American League first. Orioles and Yankees both lose yesterday. Obviously, and, you know, kudos to the Orioles. They've hung in right to the end. The loser is in pretty good wild card spot. Oakland lost Tuesday. I don't know about the late score yesterday. Anaheim, the Angels were like three back and Tampa Bay four back, so it looks like. Anaheim and Tampa Bay are going to be on the outside looking in, but they still, if they got hot. But it looks like the Oakland and the Oriole Yankee loser. At least I think. Yeah, Oriole and the Yankee loser is going to be in the in the wild card. Now the A's are the one. The A's might be handing right back over yep. to the Angels if the, if the A's don't start winning some games soon. Yeah, the A's, the, the A's won last night. The, the A, they they beat the Rangers in extra innings last night. Yes. Okay. So the Angels were two back, so I think they're two and a half back now. So you're right, they're still they're still breathing down Oakland right now. Tampa Bay playing the White Sox. Tampa Bay is still in the hunt, two and or three games back with Oakland's win now. So the uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers or Devil Rays, whichever way you want to go, though, they're, you know All they're right. not they're not just playing spoiler against the White Sox, big dog. They're playing for their lives too. Yeah, and they still believe they're in it. And, and let's face it, if they can get in. They're like the the 2004 Cubs. Nobody wants to play them if they get in. Mm -hmm. They've got the pitching. They really do have the pitching. Mm -hmm. And they've been hurt all year, and now they're finally healthy. They finally have their lineup back. So the Tampa Bay Rays, if they get in, they expect them to win the wild card game and then advance. I'm not kidding if they can get in. Mm -hmm. All right. Let's see if Oakland or the uh, Baltimore Yankees, uh, it'll take a little bit, not a major, but at least a little bit of a collapse by one of those two teams. Over the National League, Big Dog Milwaukee Brewers lose. Yesterday, Reds beat them four to two. It looks like, not for sure, but it looks like one of those deals with Milwaukee where they get on just a phenomenal run to get right near the top, and then they maybe are running out of steam a little bit and they've fallen back just a bit. Uh, it, it, uh, well, how could they play as well as they played for so long? And they were getting pitching performances from guys like Marco Estrada that was just ungodly. So I think that's what it was. How how. Many times can Marco is mm-hmm. trying to go out and pitch a complete game shutout for the Brewers. Atlanta. And by the way, he pitched yesterday and got lit up. So Marco Estrada? Yeah, or the day before on Monday. Ah. I loved him in chips, by the way. He was excellent. He, he was phenomenal. <laughs> Atlanta and St. Louis look like, by the way, Atlanta has locked it up. Freddie Freeman, two-run homer, bottom of the ninth. Team celebrates. I always worry when they celebrate a wild card berth too much, but they were celebrating the big win also. But the Braves are in. The Cardinals are almost in. It looks like the Dodgers and that big trade, Big Dog, did not pay off. Milwaukee and the Dodgers look like they're going to be on the outside looking in. It's funny is when you, you buy a team for two point five billion dollars and then you say, <laughs> hey, let, hey, we're going to have to add one hundred and twenty five million in contract. Yeah, what's the big deal? You know, it's got to be pretty nice just to add one hundred twenty million in contracts and not even think a thing of it, huh? Mm-hmm. You know, some of that money coming from uh, my favorite athlete of all time, Los Angeles Laker guard Magic Johnson. Yeah, he owns, what, like 0.5% of the, of the Dodgers now, and they put him up front like he's the principal owner. Mm-hmm. Don't you just love that? Yeah. That's the thing. He, he got a portion of the team just so 
people in Los Angeles will know that Magic Johnson's involved in the ownership of the Dodgers, and mm-hmm. that's, that's the only reason why he's involved. Yep. If you ever want an NFL team back in, in Los Angeles, make sure that uh, he becomes part owner of another NFL team, and there you go. He'll, they'll get a team in Los right. Angeles to get. Might be the most successful minor ownership put a face to it since uh, Mike Ditka joined the Mayo Medical Clinic team. Think about it. Magic Johnson's one of the most successful off the court athletes in the history of the game. Yes. You know, like Jim Bunning, you can definitely put up there with yep. one. Uh, I don't know. Is Denny McLean one of those two, coach? No. Okay, just wondering. <laughs> I, I get <laughs> Threw me a curveball on that one. I had to go look and did he, did he do something I wasn't aware of? I just was say he started a charitable organization. Yeah. He made millions. Good. Somebody should. Yeah. All right. So we got one week left. One week from today. Yeah. It was, what was it? Five, six months ago, Big Doe, we were gathered together on the end of March, looking at opening day of baseball, making our predictions, and they're all here. And here we are one week away from the end of the regular season. Hard to believe. Time flies when you're having fun. Yeah. And I'm, I, I have not lost track, Coach. Mm-hmm. I, I pay attention. Even on a, a football Sunday, I was off on Sunday. I had all my baseball game scores up the whole entire time I was watching football. So. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I don't – that's the one thing is – you know what is so funny is I these people that go so crazy on opening day, oh, it's opening day, i got to go out to be the first game. Not, not making fun of you because you go to open day every year. <laughs> but, uh, like, and then all of a sudden football season comes and they forget about baseball. So the same person that was so excited that baseball started, <laughs> as soon as football starts, act like baseball isn't even around. Yeah. You know what I mean? I, I've always – I was like, you know, you put five good months into a season and – why do you forget the last month when it's the best time yeah. of year yeah. to watch baseball is the month of September? I am laughing because of the uh, semi-part humorous, part tragic uh, truth to exactly what you say. You're right. Absolutely correct. By the way, one story that, boy, 10 years ago, 15 years ago, I mean, we'd be following this on the front page, but the, the young kids today, big though, they're not aware. Even the young media people are not aware of the significance of a triple crown. I mean, in my days, the triple crown was huge. Miguel Cabrera was on the cusp of the first Triple Crown since uh, you you weren't even in diapers at that point. But uh, no, nobody, you know, they're following it, but it's not that big a story. He's one home. He's got RBI and batting average locked up. He's one home run off the pace. And, uh, yeah, Josh Hamilton hit a home run two nights ago, did not hit one last night. And, uh, yeah, this is it's, it's awesome, Coach. And the I don't know what the Rangers and Ron Washington are going to do with uh, Josh Hamilton because uh, if he's going for a triple crown, you almost figure, hey, you got to pass because we mm. can't just hand Miguel Cabrera the home run title. Interesting. But the, the thing is, Josh Hamilton's banged up and, and kind of hurt. They have to give him off days to be prepared for the most important thing for the Rangers, which is winning a World Series title because if they go to the World Series again this year and lose, that's it's not a successful season for the Rangers. The Rangers are in the weird position of, the only thing that makes it a good season for them this year is mm-hmm. winning the World Series. You know, so uh, you bring up an interesting what if. Uh, David Olson, a man who uh, you know hits the uh, the calm logical meter better than anybody on this show. What if, let's just say, Josh Hamilton's team was out of the playoffs? And now we're not talking about. I think you know if you're playing a contending team, the last game of the season, last two games, you owe it to the other contending teams to play your best. I think we're all going to agree on that. But now, an individual award. Ordinarily, you would sit, let's just use Hamilton as an example, let's play some rookies the last couple of games. He's played 160 games. Do you owe it to the sport, to the game, for an individual record to have that guy play? I asked the question. 
Big dog, and I'm not sure what my answer is. That's assuming Oakland were out of it. It's a tough call. That really is a tough call. Yeah. As a team, I think you got you you owe it to the sport to play Hamilton because you have somebody else going for a triple crown. So, like, in a way, it's like, hey, you know, like, let's make it a legitimate triple crown and not have Josh Hamilton sit out the last four games of the season just to get Mm -hmm. him healthy. You know what I mean? And then also Ron Washington might be thinking, I want my best hitter to bat a couple times during the last week to make sure – it's a fine line, a yep. real fine line. Yep. And let's face it, individual stats mean more in baseball than any other uh, sport. Mm-hmm. Because the guy, if you lead in home runs or RBIs, it's because you had a great year. If you lead in rushing, it's just because maybe your team had the lead a lot more than the second best running yeah. back, and you had a better offensive line. You know that's yeah. why you led. Who the, was the? Uh, you always bring him up, big dog, and I love this story. Who was the dude who was leading? The major leagues last day of the season in batting, he could have sat out. Was it Stan Musial? But he said, told the coach, put me in. I want to win the batting title outright. And he still came up with a couple of hits. Uh, there's a couple different stories like that. Uh, one of the coolest ones was uh, Ted Williams, who was hitting yeah, 399.6, which basically is 400. And he's like, I don't round up. I don't know about round up. He's like, that's not 400. That is not two hits in every five at bat. And he went out and he played the last day of the season. And he went six for eight and raised his batting average to 406 because he had a doubleheader that day. And he went six for eight to raise that. That is like one of the great stories in baseball history is Ted Williams not accepting 400 when it was technically rounded up. Mm-hmm. So he goes out there and, and he got to hit his first at bat. He could have sat, coach. So I like that. he got it yep. up to 401 and he's like, no, no, you're not sitting me. I'm playing both games. Every at-bat, and we'll find out if I hit 400 at the end of this. Yep. A lot different than Jose Reyes, who bunted for a single last year, looked like that sealed up his batting title, so he sat his ass on the bench to make sure he didn't mm-hmm. go over his next four and lose the batting title. All right. Now, I even have a better quandary for you. Totally hypotheses here, but it's a midweek Wednesday. We're not into the uh, football weekend preview. Got a couple of minutes to kill here. Let's say David Olson. Let's say Big Dog. Any of our fans out there, you want to chime in? 888-463-6748. A little baseball ethics here. Uh, team is out of contention. Final game. Let's say the guy up to bat either has a long hitting streak going or he's got one shot left to win maybe the, the home run championship or the triple crown. Maybe the, the probably the best example would be he's got a 32-game, 35-game hitting streak going. Pretty big streak, and he's 0 for 3 right now, his last chance. Now, keep in mind the team is out of contention. Situation comes up in the ninth inning, Big Dog, where technically the strategy is to intentionally walk the batter. Do you go by, and again, obviously if they're in contention, it's not even an issue. But this team is way out of it. Do you go to win the game, and do you go for the intentional walk, or do you say, you know what, spirit of the game, we gotta we gotta throw to this guy, give him a shot. If it's the last couple days of the season, yes. you gotta you gotta pitch to the guy. I think you, so too. You have to pitch to him. I, I really do. I know I would. If it made no effect on the standings, right? I would pitch to the guy. Even though a walk would help you win that game, I think in the spirit of the game, you you gotta pitch to him. Yeah, I, I okay. would definitely pitch to him. Now, right. any type of contending, even like That's a, different. a miracle, I would That's, pitch around him. Yeah, totally different. Even if. Okay. Yeah. All right. 888-463-6748. The phone number, by the way, real quick before we leave baseball. Cinemax Cindy wanted to know who and or what. Please ask Ron Sano, she put in parentheses, 
is Chris Medlin. Tell us a little bit, Ronnie Santo, if you could, about the young sensation Chris Medlin. Well, I know you want to pull Ron Santo uh, diatribe, but honestly, Coach, the guy's the next Greg Maddox. He only throws 90 miles an hour, and he throws it exactly where he wants to be, which was amazing that he gave up uh, two home runs yesterday because he had only given up four home runs in his previous 120 innings this year. And to, to give up two home runs yesterday, the guy doesn't overpower anybody. He just throws it magically exactly where it's supposed to be. So Wait, Is he – um, where did he – where did he come from, and how many years has he been in the majors? I, I never heard of him before this year. Uh, well, he's been like up and down the last year or two, and now finally he kept winning and winning and winning. The Braves didn't realize how could this guy be winning with an 85 to 90 mile an hour fastball, and I eventually realized they're like, let's we're sick of asking. We're just going to keep him in the rotation because every time we send him out there, we win, and that's no joke. Does he like to keep the ball down low in the strike zone? Well, when you throw 88-mile-an-hour fastball, you better. So. Does he like to get ahead of the batters? He likes to get ahead of batters. Likes to, he loves to pitch with the lead, Coach. <laughs> All right, real quick, few minutes left in the show. Titillating tidbits, news and nonsense to get to, Big Dog. First of all, it's not nonsense. It's uh, pretty good stuff, actually. It starts tomorrow in beautiful Medina Country Club in what part of Illinois is that? It's not. We've already did. Roselle? Yeah. Is it either Bloomingdale or Roselle or okay. something? Okay. All right. Medina Country Club, the best of the best. We haven't seen the individual matchups yet. I'd love to, like, you know, make our picks. I don't know when they do that draw. It's by a lottery draw. Each coach, I think, puts his eight in, and then it's matchup against man. Hopefully tomorrow when we talk, but uh, we can kind of check out, you know, who's going up against who, the individual matchups. But uh, any excitement level there? Do you have an inkling on who might win? United States, very young. Very young, but some of the young guys can play. Um, I have no inkling. Okay. And, Coach, I, I have uh, extremely little free time, and any free time I have is not going to be devoted to watching golf. Okay. I like the Ryder Cup. I will try. I mean, yeah. like. And I, and I think the young guys, the Keegan Bradleys, the Brent Snedekers, uh, who are some of the other young dudes. Not I don't know if you call Zach Johnson and Dustin Johnson the young guys, but uh, – I think some of the young guns are going to come through. I'm picking a U.S. victory. Europe, I know, has dominated in the past. By the way, Luke Donald. Dominated? They've only won once. The U.S. won like the previous 20. How do you say that Europe's dominated? I thought Europe has won the last two or three. Maybe yeah. it is two or three, but before okay. that, it was like the U.S. didn't lose for like mm-hmm. like 60 years or something like that. So it's, mm-hmm. yeah, what, yeah it's, All right, one of our favorite guys, by the way, Luke Donald. Living in beautiful Northfield, Illinois, not far from here, went to Northwestern University. He will be playing for Team Europa, Big Dog. Very difficult to be rooting against Luke Donald, but we'll have to do that this weekend. Well, he's from Europe. Yes, England. Yeah, so yeah. Where, is Steve Stricker on the team? Stricker is definitely on the team. Oh, very good. He's, yeah. he's my favorite golfer. He was one of the add-ons, and I think he was like one of the first add-ons. Absolutely. Love that guy. All right, we got that. Uh, NHL strike, I know... Uh, You've got people uh, in the refereeing field, Big Dog, inside sources. Don't reveal. I don't want you to get in trouble, but uh, any inside info on when we might see hockey again? Uh, Yes, before 2015. (laughs) Sounds like your inside sources might be uh, parting up with the same people as uh, Are your inside sources hanging around Occupy Chicago by any chance? Uh, absolutely not, Coach. <laughs> I, when I ride by those people all the time, I, I just I, I say something. 
There's only a couple people that have anything intelligent written on their signs. <laughs> only a couple. Uh, I still like the guy who had a sign and the sign said, this is a sign. I think that was at the teacher strike. But that's my favorite sign so far. Not bad. <laughs> All right. Now, I know you've got limited time. But you are a big auto racing. In fact, uh, you were highly paid as our, our auto racing expert on the show because we really didn't have an auto rating auto racing expert. But are you following the FedEx Cup and the uh, the race for all the marbles? There, what is it? Ten ten races. The FedEx to... Cup is for uh, is for golf. Uh, the oh, next I'm sorry. Cup What's it? For auto racing. What's it called? And and uh, all I know is the the best racer that is all year long. Uh, Kevin Harvick didn't even win a race. It was, uh, it was awful tough. So that, I, the last, I, I don't even know, did Jimmy Johnson and, and Jeff Gordon even make the chase, Coach? Yeah, they did. Jeff Gordon is on the tail end. I don't think it's the next tail chase this year. I, David, check it out. I think they got a new sponsor, but there, it was the Sprint Cup. That might be it. Yeah, the next tail Sprint Cup. That might be it. But uh, here's what, uh, J- uh, Brad Keselowski won race number one. Denny Ham won one race number two. Jimmy Johnson's been right in the hunt. The standings right now, I think, are Hamlin, Johnson, Keslowski, Gordon is going to have to pass a lot of people to final eight races. Yeah, when you get that 12th spot, you basically have to do the Tony Stewart and win like yep. five races in a row in order to actually win that thing in the end. What do you know? I never heard of Brad Keslowski before. What do you know about him? It, that dude can flat out race. He's only like 24, and he won the most races of anybody on the tour this year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he can. That guy can race, and he's a good guy. You know, he doesn't spin. He doesn't Pablo Montoya you and like just spin you out for no reason. He's a good guy. <laughs> Juan Pablo Montoya, please. Uh, hey, real quick, college. Luckily, foot- there's only one of them. Because if there was more, I would just Earth couldn't handle it. <laughs> uh, college football, real quick, big dog. Uh, the first, the first uh, soldier to fall, shall we say, in the. Notre Dame joining the ACC and not joining, but agreeing to play five football games. They did join the ACC, but not in football. Anyhow, 2015, uh, the Michigan AD announcing that Notre Dame has canceled their contract. We're going to lose Notre Dame Michigan football for at least three or four year period of time. Well, at least we have uh, Notre Dame versus Pittsburgh football now, coach. We get that rivalry back. It's not bad, actually. Notre Dame and Pitt's pretty good. I'm assuming you are not saying that sarcastically. Well, that was like the best rivalry I can get out of the ACC for you mm-hmm. between Notre Dame. I, what am I going to do? Hey, now you, now you get Notre Dame, North Carolina instead of Notre Dame, Michigan. Mm-hmm. I'm sure everybody's really happy about that. Not quite. I the know same. Michigan fans aren't because before this year they were getting an easy win against Notre Dame every year. Yeah, yeah. You know, just to, for the fans that aren't from Michigan, aren't from Notre Dame. I think most of it always, most of us always enjoyed that rivalry. It's a shame to see it end. Uh, by the way, opening of the Big Ten this season, we'll get into it tomorrow and Friday, but just as a little appetizer, Big Dog, Michigan State and Ohio State lock horns in the opener. That's uh, it's good. That's Ohio State has a couple games they're going to treat like bowl games. Obviously, the Michigan game will be this year. So is this one because Michigan State has a legitimate shot at winning this uh, championship, and Ohio State wants to prove to everybody that they had the best team in the Big Ten, and they just weren't allowed to play in the Big Ten title mm-hmm. game. So this will be their chance to prove that they're the best team in the league. Michigan State defense, really, really good. Michigan State running game, really, really good. Michigan State Everything pass- else on Michigan State, really, really Woo, bad. Oh, the passing game. Come <laughs> on. Young receivers and a new quarterback, and uh, so far it hasn't clicked in. If it does, 
if they ever start connecting, watch out. But right now, that's that's what's killing Michigan State. Yeah, absolutely. I yeah. agree with you. So. All right. All right, Doggo. Hopefully, if I'm not called into a federal jury duty tomorrow, we'll do it all over again and start to get into some football preview for the weekend coming, okay? And unfortunately, my battery held up the whole entire phone conversation because I was hoping it would die in the middle so you would think I was upset about that passer. Uh, you know, I wanted to get into the drug war, too. I have some interesting notes on, I've seen a couple of things now. Well, you know what, I can't get into it, but that might You'll be. In the, please tomorrow, let's talk about that tomorrow. Definitely. That might be in the topic for discussions. All right, Big Dog, have a good day. You too, everyone. Thank you very much. 10 o'clock tomorrow, folks, we'll do it all over again. Producer extraordinaire David Olson, thank you so much for your great work. Assistant, Rand, assistant producer Randy Myers, I have no idea what you did, but thank you for doing it. 10 o'clock tomorrow, two guys at a mic, talkzone.com. We'll see you then. Don't be late.